My grandma Dana always liked to look her best when she was out with other people. Around the ranch, she wore mismatched clothes and didn't really worry very much about what her hair looked like. But when she went to town, she always wanted to have her clothes nicely pressed, her wig neatly combed, and some of her costume jewelry on. There's a wonderful story from when I was a child, and we all went to a regional Fourth of July picnic with other farm families. We all had a great time eating and visiting, and when the adult and then the adults helped the children set off their fireworks and set off a few of their own, as you know how that happens. My grandmother greatly enjoyed this evening, but when it came time to go home, she realized that her false teeth were not in her mouth. She thought she must have taken them out after dinner and set them down somewhere. It being quite dark by then, my dad got a flashlight out of the car, and we began to look for Grandma's teeth. We hunted around where we had eaten on a blanket on the grass. We hunted around where we had set off the fireworks and we even looked in the car. The teeth were nowhere to be found. Finally, we simply had to give up and go home. We reassured Grandma that we would return the next day and look more when it was light. Shortly after we got back to our house, after dropping her off at her house, my Grandma Dana called on the telephone with a startling confession. We had been hunting for her false teeth while they had been sitting in a glass of water at home. She hadn't put them in her mouth in the first place. And the funniest part was that she was mortified that she had spent so much of the evening talking with her friends, none of whom said a single thing about her missing teeth. While we can laugh at my grandmother's vanity, her reaction does not surprise us. For what is the source of our pridefulness but fear and insecurity? Fear and insecurity cause us to distance ourselves from other people. We worry about what other people will think. Our own imagined inadequacy can result in our trying too hard to appear competent, together, and in control. The fear of being exposed as a fraud can make us so defensive that we become someone that we did not intend to be. My grandmother's insecurity in public was what made her want to impress other people with how she looked. She wasn't upset that she had forgotten her false teeth for their usefulness. She was mortified by the ways that she imagined people had judged her appearance. And she may not have even realized it, that her friends loved her all the same, with or without her teeth. We are all susceptible of the sin of pridefulness. In a world that rewards success, it is very easy to slip into thinking that we can have it all figured out. It is very easy to judge others whom we think are worse off than we are. It is very easy 
And if, if, if we have it all together, surely we are, living a life the, we are living life the right way, the good way. It is not until we learn that the ways, of pri- the ways that pridefulness wound us that we then learn the value of humility. And pridefulness is dangerous to our spiritual lives, too. Not only does pridefulness distance us from ourselves and from those around us, it distances us from the holy, too. Paul Waldell, who is a professor of religious studies at St. Norbert College in De Pere, Wisconsin, tells of being on a spiritual retreat at a Catholic center and being unable to get into the retreat at all. None of the preaching was reaching me, he writes, and my prayers sounded phony, even to myself. I felt so out of step with everything that I decided to leave the retreat the next morning. What was the point in saying, he asked. But later that day, Waddell tells of seeing a crucifix while resting in his room. The image of suffering displayed there broke him open to his own pain and his own pridefulness. This image helped me realize that often God enters our lives not through our strengths and our successes, he writes, but through our weaknesses and our fears. If we try to pretend all is well with us, that we have no flaws, no needs, and no shortcomings, then nothing can reach us, nothing can touch us. But when we do not hide our helplessness, the very things about us that we most resist claiming are the openings that God needs in order to heal us. To be in a place of helplessness does not feel very good. Usually we have tried everything we could think of to prove that we are capable and competent and worthy first. We tend to equate helplessness with defeat, but could it be the source of our strength instead? Might we actually be stronger and more whole by letting our vulnerable side show? One of the hardest things I have to remember is that when I get caught up in my own image of what a good minister looks like and sounds like and does, my ears become deaf to some of the things that people are saying to me, and my eyes allow me to only see what I want to see. It is only by putting aside that image of the good minister from the beginning, that I have any hope of connecting with all of you. And you might imagine the pressure that I am under to be the good minister around here from the very beginning. It will only be in being real with you, humble with you, honest with you, that we will be able to form a real and lasting relationship together. And that is what I want most of all, to know you and to love you for who you are and to love us all for what we can become. If I can let you see me for the person that I am and not the role that I play, I might have a similar chance of seeing you. The Holy Spirit finds us in our broken places 
The spirit of life comes in through our cracks. In letting our guard down, we can truly say namaste to another. The divine in me sees the divine in you. The spiritual life is not difficult, but it is unexpected. The things that bring outward success are the very things that hinder inward growth. Our greatest human need is not for admiration and praise, but to be known and loved and accepted by others. And this can never happen for us as long as we stay stubbornly prideful. It is when we allow our self-image to get puffed up that we are in danger of not being able to connect with others. Paul Waddell tells us, We find life and freedom and joy not in collapsing in on ourselves, but by transcending ourselves in love, service, generosity, and devotion to others. He admits, I opened the door to humility because I grew tired of pretending that I was someone I was not. Tired of feigning and posturing, I opened that door because I did not like the person that I was becoming. Love, service, generosity, and devotion to others, these are the gifts of humility. When we turn our focus away from ourselves and toward others, we move from pridefulness to humility. We are therefore saved from ourselves. I have had the same anxiety dream from time to time since college. You'd think it'd go away, but it just doesn't. It visits me when I am under pressure or am feeling insecure. And as anxieties do, this is their whole purpose, as they do, it works to raise my sleeping stress level until I wake up and realize how relieved I am that it was just a dream. This dream has happened so often over the years that I can sometimes recognize it while it is happening and not let it get to its conclusion, but not always. Here's how the dream goes. I'm a graduate, I'm an undergraduate at Montana State University. I wake up on the last day of finals week and realize that I have to take a final exam for a class that I have not attended all semester. Can I see a show of hands? How many of you still have, yes, university anxiety dreams, they're universal. Often in the dream, I don't even know which building the class has been meeting in, so I don't even know where to go to take the test that I am wholly unprepared to take. In the dream, I invariably wander around the MSU campus trying to figure it all out. all the while getting more and more anxious. And in the dream, no one comes to my aid. Often I am the only person walking around because all of the responsible students are in classrooms taking their finals. The feeling that comes over me in this dream is a sense of failure and disappointment, 
I have let myself down. I have let the professor down. I have let the class down. I have let the whole university down. I am a complete and utter fraud. You will be amused to know that this dream has already graced my sleep at least once this fall. (laughs) It has already come to tap me on the shoulder and say, I know that you're feeling the pressure of a big new job here, but don't take it all too seriously. Of course, this dream has come to me as I try to figure out how to do a good job here. Of course, it has come to check any pridefulness that I may be feeling in being the new senior minister of First Parish in Concord. Of course, it has used its clumsy tactics to tell me once again to be humble that this ministry is not about me. I don't have to do this alone. We are all in this together. My fear of not measuring up or not having the right answers or not being enough triggers my anxiety dream. It, in turn, brings me back to the truth that prideful fear causes us to collapse in on ourselves. It is unselfish action that thwarts fear, bringing us back to a place of love, service, generosity, and devotion to others. By humbling me in my sleep, my anxiety dream helps me realize the foolishness of trying to keep it all together, especially when what most people are interested in is seeing the real me anyway. Some weeks after the incident of forgetting her false teeth, My grandmother, Dana, worked up the courage to ask her best friend, Isabel, if she had noticed that her appearance had been not just right at the Fourth of July picnic. With a twinkle in her eye, Isabel said, Mildred, of course I noticed. You forgot to wear your sparkly rhinestone American flag pin to the picnic. How could you be so careless? It was then that my grandmother knew that her friend Isabel was far too gracious to embarrass her again by admitting that the absence of her false teeth had been quite noticeable. You're right, Grandma Dana said. I don't know what I was thinking. I will be sure to wear it next year. Thus ended the matter. May it be so for us and each other. Amen.